The following episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television. Good morning, USA, and welcome to another episode of the Bernie or Bust Show. I have to ask you a question this morning. What's the proper response to tyranny? Even though we look back on the incident fondly, dumping tea into the Boston Harbor was not widely accepted in polite company as the right response back when it happened. A lot of people were horrified by the idea of picking up bayonets and challenging Mother England. That wasn't polite. That wasn't civil. What a bunch of roughnecks the colonists were. How do you feel about being colonists? How do you feel about British imperialism? How do you feel about US imperialism of its own people, especially poor people? What is the proper response to all of that? In the past, what have we thought about true patriotism? What does it look like? How far is too far to go when righting wrongs? And finally, what is the proper response to election rigging and to blatant media bias? In other parts of the world, the proper response is to pile into the streets and wave signs and stop working until the assholes at the top figure it out and change things. What should the response be of American workers to the tyranny that we're under? I don't know if you've been paying attention this morning, but it should be pretty obvious that everything is turning out the way it did last time and that Hillary Clinton's people are behind it. That's not a stretch of the imagination. Obama world also is trying to rig things. If this were the king and queen of England, what would we colonists do in response? And if our fellow colonists didn't understand what was going on, what would we do to help them understand? And if they refused to understand, like people on the sinking Titanic, what would we do then? Would we listen to them tell us that we aren't being polite enough or civil enough and would we heed their admonitions to tone it down and avoid dumping the tea in the harbor, avoid piling into the streets, avoid picking up our bayonets and pitchforks? How would we respond to our fellow colonists if they told us to watch our tone now as opposed to in the past? Because colonists we are. The Obama world, Clinton machine, Corporate centrist Democrats, neo-fascist Republicans, all of them are on the same team. They're all playing for the monarchs. Only the monarchs now are oligarchs. It's the same difference. So we're all subjects. We're all colonists. What should we be doing right now when our fellow colonists are telling us to tone it down? Should we heed them or should we dump the tea in the harbor anyway? even though it isn't popular, and it wasn't popular for the people who did it back in Boston. They were looked at very condescendingly by their uppity neighbors. So what should we do now? Should we sit by politely? If you can see what's going on this time with all the rigging that's already happening, especially in the media, why would we wait? Why would we hesitate and let them take it away again? I suggest that if you've had enough and you don't have a bayonet handy, the best answer is probably Bernie or Bust. And Bernie or Bust needs to ride again because of times such as these. It may not be civil, it may not be polite, but it is just. And that is what we need right now. Bernie or Bust has a pledge that you can take. Go to bernieorbust2020.us, sign the pledge if you want, spread the word around that Bernie or Bust rides again, and let's unrig this thing. It's a little more polite than bayonets. It's a little more polite than picket signs or labor strikes. I think that you could find the stomach for this 
if your eyes are open and you can see the blatant rigging that's happening. Let's have a little peek. Nader here, um, NBC News senior investigative and legal correspondent Cynthia McFadden has been looking into what happened tonight joins us now with the latest. What did happen tonight, Cynthia? Well, it's hard to know precisely. I would start with this. At least there is a paper record of what happened tonight. So at some point it can be known and known accurately. So that's important. But the app, let's talk about the app. Um, the app was sent out to the precinct chair people. Uh, we understand our reporting tells us about uh, several days ago. Um, but that when many of them went to download it, apparently, uh, they were receiving warnings on their phone that said this type of fi uh, file can harm your phone do you want to continue uh, we knew that as of 5 30 tonight at least 12 party uh, heavyweights were not able to log into their apps and were not able to uh, or not able to download them at all so certainly that sounds like it may have caused a few problems um, the app uh, we have been investigating this app for, for a few weeks now the, the Democratic Party of Iowa wouldn't tell us who developed it but I can tell you uh, in the last hour, uh, our tech reporter, Ben Popkin, was able to figure it out. And here's who it is. The Iowa and Nevada Democrats parties paid over $50,000, both of them did, for the same app developer called Shadow. We have the expenditure filing records. Now I can tell you this about Shadow. Their website says we are campaign and technology veterans who have built and implemented technology for Hillary for America, Obama oh for God. America, Google, Kiva, Apple, the AFL, CIO, and the DNC. So that tells you a little bit about who developed it. Why the Iowa Democrats didn't want to tell us that, we don't know. We also don't know if they did any testing on this thing uh, to, to see whether or not it was safe. Remember this. The party ex uh, heavyweights were supposed to download the app to their personal cell phones. Hmm. So already you're saying, nah, yeah. that doesn't sound so safe. So that's just some of the some of the app situation here. Sounds a little bit fishy. And Hillary is behind the app builder. And they spent lots of money in Nevada and in Iowa for this app. And who built the app? Who paid for the app? who developed the app, it's just out in plain sight. This is a New York Times piece. Hillary Clinton slams Bernie Sanders for not working to unite Democrats in 2016. In a podcast interview on Friday, Mrs. Clinton also described the caucuses in Iowa where Mr. Sanders leads in some polls as undemocratic. Well, they may be foobar, but I don't know about the undemocratic part. I think they're becoming undemocratic with the way things are rigged. And Hillary's trying to rig it. This is by Shane Goldmacher, Des Moines, Iowa. Hillary Clinton said on Friday in a podcast interview that Senator Bernie Sanders and his supporters did not do enough to unify the Democratic Party after the prolonged 2016 primary, calling the behavior of his supporters distressing and saying it affected the general election. You know what affected the general election? Your blatant rigging. All the way up until the end, a lot of people highly identified with his campaign were urging people to vote third party. That's right. Urging people not to vote. That's right. Mrs. Clinton said in an interview with Emily Tish Sussman. <laughs> we know who Emily Tish Sussman is. She and Mimi Rocco. We know who they are. Bernie makes their skin crawl. Yeah, we know how rich Emily's dad and mom are. We know how Emily is a pundit for MSNBC. We know how she's been trashing Bernie all along. It would make sense that Emily would interview Hillary. 
your primary playlist. It's not my fucking primary playlist. So, so Hillary says of all this, it had an impact. Mrs. Clinton also drew a sharp distinction between her efforts in 2008 to bring the party together after her bruising primary battle with Barack Obama and the efforts by Mr. Sanders in 2016. Night and day, she said. Party unity my ass. Night and day. Yeah, that's not like Bernie or Bust at all, is it? And she warned against party disunity when facing off against an incumbent President Trump in 2020. That cannot happen again, she said. I don't care who the nominee is. Yeah, right. I don't care. As long as it's somebody who can win, and as long as it's somebody who understands politics is the art of addition, not subtraction. Politics is the art of subjugating we, the people, to your tyranny. Mrs. Clinton already caused a stir last week when footage from an upcoming documentary revealed her saying of Mr. Sanders, nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. When promoting the film, she initially declined to tell The Hollywood Reporter whether she would endorse or campaign for Mr. Sanders if he were the nominee. Hey, Hillary, listen up. We don't want you to campaign for Bernie. I don't think that would help. Just saying. Hours later, she clarified on Twitter that I will do whatever I can to support our nominee. Just like Barack. Yeah. <laughs> that was my inimitable impression of what Hillary did to Barack and to Bernie. On Friday's podcast, Mrs. Clinton minimized her earlier remarks about Mr. Sanders as 15 seconds in a four-hour documentary. Boy, that makes me want to watch the whole thing, Hillary. At the same time, she went on to speak about Mr. Sanders at length. In the half-hour podcast interview with Ms. Tish Sussman, Mrs. Clinton also sounded off on the Iowa caucuses, which will be held on Monday and which Mr. Sanders leads in some polls as undemocratic because the voting is limited to a single winter evening, making them hard to attend for people with night shifts at work, like nurses or parents who need child care. The Iowa Democratic Party has added several dozen satellite caucuses this year at locations like hospitals and nursing homes in an effort to expand accessibility. But you can bet that if Bernie wins, and he already has, he crushed that motherfucker because we have internal data to show so, you're going to spin it so that it looks like Bernie didn't win. We already talked about that with Kate Johnstone's article, how the corporate media manage the narrative. This is another form of narrative management, courtesy of Hillary Clinton. Iowa caucus. Bernie Sanders' campaign releases internal numbers that show him leading. Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign released internal reporting numbers from about 40% of precincts that participated in the Iowa caucus early Tuesday morning. The numbers released by Sanders' campaign came hours after the state's Democratic Party said they could not release official results because of inconsistencies in the numbers. Sanders' internal figures showed the Vermont Socialists' leading top rivals with more than 29% of caucus support. Why do they call him the Vermont Socialist? It's like, bat, bat. Who wrote this? Oh, the New York Post. Okay. The New York Post calls him the Vermont Socialist. Why don't they call him the Democratic Socialist from Vermont? New York Post? Why not? According to the numbers, Sanders was trailed by former South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who had more than 24%. Close behind him was Senator Elizabeth Warren, who had support from more than 21%. 
goes to show you Elizabeth is going to have to get out of the way before too long. Otherwise, we're just going to see her as the spoiler she is, all of us. I've been seeing her that way for a long time. But make no mistake, she's in this for no other reason than to block Bernie. She's working directly for Hillary. And we can show that in some of the articles I've written on Medium. We can show the direct link between the money of Hollywood talent agencies who have bundled for Hillary and Bill Clinton donating directly to Elizabeth. Elizabeth stayed out last time because Hillary told her to, and Elizabeth thought maybe she could be the vice president or some cabinet member for Hillary. She thinks the same thing this time with Joe Biden. So she's in it to block Bernie, and the sooner we figure that out and the sooner we demand that she drop out and give her delegates to Bernie in good faith, then the better. We can't assume that she is operating in good faith, is my point. Former Vice President Joe Biden was in a far-flung fourth. That was pretty good. Far-flung fourth place, according to the numbers, and had just 12% support in the caucus. 12%. So this goes to show you that the oligarchs are going to come out now in full narrative management mode. And this is what we predicted yesterday. This is what Kate predicted, Kate Johnstone. Once they figure out that Joe is not probable, they're going to do anything they can to spin things so that we think that Elizabeth or Pete are a better alternative. We recognize that this does not replace the full data from the Iowa Democratic Party, Sanders senior advisor Jeff Weaver said in a statement. But we believe firmly that our supporters worked too hard for too long to have the results of the work delayed. Biden's campaign attorney said in a letter on Monday night that they want the Iowa State Democratic Party to provide the candidates with information about the error before any results are released. So Joe wants to delay the release of the information. Yeah, you kind of expect that. We believe that the campaigns deserve full explanations and relevant information regarding the methods of quality control you are employing and an opportunity to respond before any official results are released. Yeah, so they, they just want to spin it their own way. But make no mistake, Bernie crushed it. Bernie defeated Mayor Pete. Bernie defeated Elizabeth Warren. Bernie crushed Biden. And that's how it's going to go if they let it go. Bernie or bust would be a great way to send a warning shot over the bow of comfortable Democrats voting for Elizabeth or Pete or Joe. We're not going to have it. We're just not going to have it. Please sign the pledge, BernieOrBust2020.us. Please make it clear to all of your friends and neighbors and acquaintances that Bernie or Bust is back. Get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Come get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Once you hear that clickety-clack, there ain't no time for turning back. Get on board. The preceding episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television.